It's Thursday, October 6th, 2022, and this is a special Magento and Shopware community podcast on Talk Commerce. Remember, today's joke is in the podcast, and you're going to laugh at Robert Rand's response. Now make some noise and get excited for Robert Rand. What is a healthy ecosystem? Is it with a platform that focuses on large enterprise clients with the Fortune 500? Or is a healthy ecosystem built around a broad base of commerce users who can mature and grow into a larger company and therefore enterprise platforms? Robert Rand and Brent Peterson talk about the future of Magento and the future of Magento open source along with Adobe. They also talk about something that Adobe could learn to help grow and nurture their community. We debate on the slimming of the core and adding more features. What do you think? We finish out the episode talking about shopware and the blue wave coming to the USA. Let's face it, it's hard to build an ecosystem. We discuss what shopware is doing to build their ecosystem and the resources they are putting in to make this happen. This is a great community podcast. One of the coolest things about becoming a member of the Magento Association is that you can and will become an important philanthropist. Here's why. When you participate in the Magento Association, you can choose even a modest amount to contribute on a monthly basis. That contribution will continue seamlessly and hassle-free into the foreseeable future, and the modest amount grows and grows. Pretty soon, a few years have gone by, And those dollars are continuing to go to our community and the association. And without you even realizing it, your contribution now reaches into the hundreds. What that says about you is that you believe in the Magento Association and in our mission. It says that you're pledging your support for the future of this community. As much as you're celebrating its past and enjoying its present. Your single monthly amount, whatever it is, ends up really making a huge difference as you support what is important to you. Go to magentoassociation.org forward slash join and join today. Thank you. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Welcome to this hosted edition of Talk Commerce. Today I have Robert Rand. Robert is president and CEO of the Rand Corporation, a longtime major computer manufacturer. I'm joking. Come on. Robert, why don't you introduce yourself? Robert is with JetRails. Please introduce yourself. We'll bleep out the beginning and we'll see how it sounds, but tell us a little bit about your day-to-day role and one of your passions in life. That's a major task you've given me there, right? Talk about myself, that's not easy. So I'm Robert, I oversee partnerships and alliances here at JetRails, we're a mission critical web hosting provider. And so I get to be the glue between our team 
and a variety of, of other companies in the ecosystems that we work in. So I help to oversee our relationships with companies like AWS and Cloudflare, as well as with our agency partners and consultancies and dev teams and folks that, that work hand in hand with our team every day. Great companies like Wagento have a pretty dynamic role here. And, and really my hobby is trade shows and, <laughs> and hanging out with a lot of my friends from ecosystems like Magento and Shopware and just across the e-commerce spectrum. Let's jump right into the Magento ecosystem. I think JetRails continues to grow and the Magento ecosystem is, some would say, shrinking. Of course, the people that are heavily in, entrenched in it would maybe argue with that fact, but there is there is a small core group that is super loyal to Magento, but I see it being more difficult to bring in new people into the ecosystem. So we're seeing some of the same. We do continue to grow, though, and so I think it's interesting that and we're not the only ones that companies are growing in the ecosystem in general. The SMB market has changed dramatically. And so when people like you and I, let's age each other here, when we got in into e-commerce, you didn't have the same SaaS options that would be available for $29 a month for merchants that just wanted to be able to sell some retail product and grow and what have you, have that experience that open source was really the way to go across the board for most situations that was going to be the most functional, the most adaptable. And so there were earlier days. Now we're at a point of maturity where the open source world we're seeing really have an affinity around more established companies that need or want more control of their data, of their website experience, of their operations in general. We're seeing open source product really focus more toward businesses that align themselves with owning their stores. So there are those that don't want to get shut down or that, that, that don't want to live within the terms and conditions of a, of a SaaS platform, or that simply that, again, talking about scale as they grow, when you start to need dozens of apps and those apps don't always work well together and you're paying different fees for them and they're all getting access to your data and there's all sorts of things happening there, things can start to get messy. Your site speed can be impacted. Your, your ability to really deliver what you're trying to as a company can be impacted. And so we are seeing that there are these businesses that, that try some of the major SaaS platforms like Shopify and so forth, that, that they figure out it's not necessarily the right fit for their goals and aspirations for what their team is trying to achieve. So there is that divergence. And so by the numbers, I don't think there's really a question that the Magento ecosystem went from, I, I remember a peak somewhere in the 300,000 website range, and we are at a fraction of that. But the websites that are remaining are typically more established e-commerce players, including some that are just hitting the market. And often it has to do with some custom needs. We're still seeing a lot of B2B sites, a lot of folks that need more unique coding work done in order to, to build the right mousetrap, so to speak, in order to run an efficient business. So there's that divergence. And for us, what we've seen is a lot of change in the market accordingly. So because we really, we focus on single tenant dedicated hosting environments. Everything that we do is sized out properly for the user, is configured and optimized for the user we tailor. And so even if that's a single server, even if it's a relatively small environment, we're dealing with users that were beyond the shared host and multi-tenant environments. And so we haven't seen quite the same attrition as some hosts that focused more 
on the entry-level market experienced. And at the same time, what we've seen is that a lot of other hosts have either moved out of the space They've got, taken in a lot of VC money or been acquired, and they've really become more product companies where they've gone on to focus on, on other platforms outside of e-commerce, and we've doubled down. And so really for us, we pride ourselves in providing mission-critical support and being able to come in and help users with their speed, security, reliability, scalability, cost optimization, providing proactive management and maintenance and support, basically helping people sleep better at night, knowing that they're getting what they need to out of it without having to manage every periphery of that infrastructure. So we come in and we provide the web application firewalling, intrusion detection systems, malware scanners, the caching systems, more than just the off-server backups and SSLs and things. And now it's image optimization and bot protection. And so rather than a user need to go and get all of these things and manage all of these things, we're able to bring a lot of that together. And in partnership with great developers, they can have a much better experience. So it's not the same market that it would have been several years ago where maybe you didn't need as as much in the stack where it, everything has evolved. And so we stand out by being able to give a white glove migration service, helping people to move over much more easily and successfully, getting, getting people through to a, a dedicated account manager that helps them keep an eye on their metrics and schedule things and make sure everything keeps running like clockwork. Our mission critical support where we pick up the phone around the clock and um, about 90% of the time, first person to pick up is going to resolve the request or issue. Same with tickets, 15-minute response time. We are talking we, about the Magenta community, right? Or are we talking about jet rails? Ah, you got me there. <laughs> so how can we get people involved in the Magenta community more yeah. outside well, of mission critical answering your tickets on time? So what we've found is that a lot of people that exit the community have had a bad experience. They have found that either it's too troublesome or too expensive, one or the other. And so they have a pain point. They're trying to solve that pain point and the grass is often greener with something that promotes itself the way that a SaaS platform does where you've got an all-in-one where you don't have to deal with maintenance and patches, you don't have to deal with security and infrastructure. And so from our corner of the ecosystem, what we try to do is take away several of those pain points, but what we do see is is wider than that. And firstly, I think that it is about making sure that the community in general, from all facets, including web development and other arenas, that people can find the resources that they're looking for, that they can answer the questions that need to be answered, that people aren't leaving out of frustration, out of a bad experience, that they're getting the right, the right inf information and resource. To that point, I've been actually really enthused by what I've been seeing from groups like Mosca, the Magento Open Source Community Alliance, and now Mage OS that came out of them, and their goals of helping to do things that will make Magento more friendly to more entry-level users compared to where it's wound up now, where it's evolved. But at the same time, seeing what's happening with the natural roadmap coming out of Adobe, where they've been trying to pull out certain vendor bundled extensions and other core functionality and try to have a more reasonable, at least for the merchants in their eyes, more reasonable cadence of software patches and upgrades that I think that the community both on the Adobe side and, and outside of Adobe have been hearing these challenges and trying to bring things to market that'll address, that'll change some of that course so that people don't feel that, that the software itself or that the ecosystem 
that they're working with is more burdensome than helpful. And so I think that's how I look at it is how do we make sure that for those businesses that do want something open source, that do want to own their website and have more control and so on and so forth, how do we come together? And I think that a lot of the companies that you're seeing in the space now, and that includes companies like Whova that's made a really cool front-end theme that's a lot more friendly to work with and scores a lot better on things like Core Web Vitals compared to the native Luma theme. When we look at these sorts of things, we're seeing that evolution happening in real time and the market answering the demands. You talked a little bit about the frustration with the platform, and you did talk about multi-tenant, and I can think back on customers that came to us. They were on GoDaddy or something, and they were spending $9.99 a month for their Magento site, and they were wondering why it was so slow, and I'm sure that for $9.99 a month, they were probably sharing with a 1,000 other people, and this is on Magento 1, of course. That type of frustration seems to have now morphed into I'm sure that $9.99 a month person is spending $29.90 a month on a SaaS platform. Are you still seeing that same sort of frustration now in the amount of dependencies that Adobe Commerce and Magento Open Source are requiring you to have just to launch? It is interesting that I think that there was a time when Elasticsearch and certain dependencies came in where there was a portion of the market that was trying to figure out how to upgrade and how to how to stick with a, a multi-tenant hosting environment and still get what they needed. And that was a difficult point for the, those users. Because our users were already single tenant, it's not something that we dealt with as directly as a company. But to your point, I think that there are probably people out there trying to install the software, trying to run it and finding that that can be burdensome, that you really don't want a production environment that's not running caching like Varnish and Redis and so on, and that it is, in that sense, a heavier platform to work with. There's a lot of benefit. You're getting a robust platform, but I think you're spot on with that. And I'm not running into as many people, though, that are having that issue, because I think that a lot of those users that, that would find that to be more of a challenge, they're skipping the entire experience altogether. So I think that we're finding fewer people out there noodling around with the platform at yeah, that I, starting point. Yeah, and that's a great point. I, I think there's a couple of things in there that we could unpack here. The, there's some things that Adobe should be looking at, and they're not. And I'm sure they have the numbers. So number one would be how many downloads of the open source package are they getting every month? I have to believe that it's decreasing. I don't know if this is a public. It used to be a public number. They tell you how many downloads they get of Magento. You would think that would be something that they would want to really espouse to, to increase those downloads, because that is just a 90-some percent are on open source. That is such a great place to get new users. So the second part is, why aren't they going after open source users to convert to, Magento, to Adobe Commerce? There is nothing in their marketing scheme that says, oh, you're on open source, let's go to Commerce. At least when Magento had it on their own, and I don't want this to be a big criticism of Adobe right now, but Magento had an, had a, had an effort to identify open source people and then get them onto, onto Adobe or Magento Enterprise or Adobe Commerce. So as a speaking as an Adobe partner, we don't see that anymore from our reps, which means that either it's certainly not going up to the really big partners, so it's probably not happening. So my question here is, do you think that 
the open source is just forgotten and soon to be dead or just going to be something like a relic of Joomla that some people use because of the name and they don't use it anymore. Oh, also a lot to unpack there, but as succinctly as I know how, I think firstly that there are plenty of people at Adobe that understand, respect, and are continuing to lean in on the value of the open source community, the open source version of Magento, and that we're not seeing that go away, that we're seeing continued support and, and they're beating the drums of really drinking the Kool-Aid with the rest of us, that this is important not only as a feeder product, but in general, you know, that not everybody is looking for microservices. Not everyone is is going to be a Fortune 500 that, that needs to be serviced. I just saw news that it, it looks like we're finally seeing the end of Oracle Commerce Cloud, what yeah, used to be. Yeah, I saw the same um, news. Yeah, ATG. And, and I remember watching that with WebSphere and IBM. And we've all seen these go on that it's very hard to focus on nothing but the very, very upper echelon merchants. That's not how you build a lot of new integrations and features. That's not how you have a healthy ecosystem with lots of great developers and new things happening. And so I, I, every time that I'm in a room or a virtual room with the Adobe team, I am seeing a lot of understanding and respect for that and that they have goals at the same time. If you were to look at their website, if you go to magento.com, you're not really going to find much about no. the open source version. And so there, there's divergence there between sometimes what they're saying and what we're seeing from a marketing perspective. So from an yeah, operational perspective, they seem to be doing okay. From a marketing perspective, it's still pretty rough and tumble. So sales-wise, they don't really want to talk about Magento open source. I think that there are still those in the company that see it as a competitor, not a feeder. It's um, always I, been I that see way. that as dead wrong. But Just a little bit on the marketing side. So all that Magento.com material that was partner-focused it's gone. Like we had, Magento had pieces on Magento.com that doesn't exist anymore that was helping us to talk about clients and like, why would you sunset that content? It's only good, right? So anyways, let's not, from a yeah, community we standpoint, too, it just doesn't much look there, good. But, yeah. yeah, but I, I do think that we're, that in terms of longevity, that things look good and that merchants continue to want the open source version and they continue to maintain it. I add that the last piece there that I get feedback on is now there is a roadmap. And again, this is one of the things that, the, that Adobe got a lot of feedback about and have responded to. There have been a lot of changes in the last year for the better in terms of supporting and providing communication, clarity to the open source community. But when we look at the roadmap, they are considering it a mature platform. And so a lot of the, which is true, customers orders, product, a product pages, checkout card, it's all there, that they're working on a variety of different integrations that you can get from the marketplace. They're working on things to slim down the core and make maintenance and ongoing upgrades and what have you easier, faster, less often, more predictable. And again, things that the community wants, but we're not seeing a lot of new core features or a lot natively happening. Yeah, They've been working and unfortunately, on because of that strategy, it is going to cost the regular there's going to be a fee for each of those plugins if yes. it's a SaaS plugin and most likely it will be i realize they're still making space for regular magento extensions that you don't have to host somewhere else but i but the adobe strategy itself is to split everything into SaaS services and i think the road the long-term roadmap is even catalog search a lot of those for pieces adobe commerce will yeah. be yeah will be 
built into as a, the newest versions will come out as SaaS, and they'll start piecing apart. As we talked earlier, the monolith will become a multifaceted pieces of SaaS puzzle. But on the open source side, and they seem to be very clear that the monolith isn't going away, a lot of these new integrations that are coming through the marketplace that are more SaaS-driven, that are recurring revenue for Adobe, they're in partnership. So they're allowing merchants to integrate with systems from Walmart's marketplace or Walmart's fulfillment systems or with ShopRunner, which I was just writing about in a new Magento 2.4.5 article last week. And I thought that was a good one. And Bolt and so on. And so things that you would always be third-party integrations. And it just so happens that now Adobe can maybe get a more reliable piece of the pie from that. I don't really think that that's necessarily a, a big problem or issue. I don't think that really hurts the merchant. They would have needed something external for that, by and large, anyway, if they wanted it. But looking at that full circle, so you have your extensions, and that's still at the core. You have your theme. That's a whole other conversation. They did bring things like, like the page builder down from Adobe Commerce into open source. There's a whole other conversation there, too. But when you're looking at, if you're comparing, let's say, to a SaaS platform like BigCommerce, which has gift card functionality natively as an example, will we ever see native gift card functionality in Magento open source? Not in the roadmap. And I'm not trying to take away those sales from the extension developers who there's some great gift card extensions and things, but, but there are things like that where do we... Do we try to, if something is used by a high percentage of users, do we start caking it in? And, or, But they're really trying to go more toward a slim core, simpler to manage, which again, so there are these divergences there. Yeah, we talked, so we I, talked earlier in the green room about a strat, strategies of third parties that are going to bundle those things. And it's not a new strategy. I think Nucleus from Basi uh, Lama a long time yeah. ago had that that idea of built bundling a whole bunch of things so somebody could easily just launch a store. All right, let's move into the blue wave that's coming to the U.S. now, and we have less than 10 minutes left. <laughs> we, we talked too much about Magento. So the blue wave that's coming, and I just attended their Etel East party, which was very fun, with the shop. And tell us a little bit about how you're seeing shopware come to the U.S. and how that community is getting built. I find that to be completely interesting. And I think in a lot of ways, shopware may be really able to fill a gap where people used to look at Magento 1 and now Magento 2 just became a little too cumbersome, I'll be kind, a little too cumbersome for them. So that there's this market where WooCommerce hasn't really scaled up in the way that I would look at it. You're not seeing a lot of mid-market and or other integrations coming and things like that, that it stayed really a small business product. For the most part, there are those that could argue that it's used by some big businesses. But if we were to look at it as an ecosystem and Shopware just took a $100 million round from PayPal and the Carlisle Group, they have a really strong user base out in Europe and places like Germany and the Netherlands. They've hired a lot of former Magento and Adobe Commerce employees, people like Ben Marks and, and people that worked in the ecosystem of Magento and really understand the needs and wants and the community itself. And so I could start rattling off names, but some amazing people that I've been really lucky to get to be working with now on, on the shopware side of things. I was just out a few weeks ago in New York for their, for their U.S. office grand opening, which was exciting to get to see the community really building around that and so many people coming out to participate there. Agencies, tech partners, they really seem to understand. I've seen a lot of platforms try to break into this market in North America. And one of the challenges that I've seen very transparently is that 
it's hard to build an ecosystem that I equated to trying to build a multi-vendor marketplace. If you want to be the next Amazon, it's hard to get sellers if they're no shoppers. Nobody wants to spend time onboarding and getting their products in and getting set up. And it's hard to get shoppers if there's nothing to buy. And so you have to really build up both pretty quickly in order to hit a critical mass and get where you're going. And we're seeing shopware really do a good job of building that ecosystem here the way that they have in Europe. And I think it helps that a lot of former Magento developers and agencies and folks in Europe have really paved the way by showing that it's a pretty easy transition from working with one to the next and that there's a lot that's analogous there, but that they're preferring shopware for a variety of use cases. So as a web host, we don't decide what people are building. We provide the infrastructure to make sure that it checks all the boxes, right? That it's a good experience for that business. But we're able to tool things to make sure that that's really a good experience. And we found that working with the Shopware team, that's been easy. And we've been seeing more and more of our partners that have historically worked with Magento start to align themselves with Shopware as well to have options to be able to say, look, you're looking for something open source. Here are the two platforms that we work with, and here's some pros and cons why you might choose one or the other, or just through discovery by learning what some of those needs are and such, being able to direct them toward which one is going to be a better fit for their use case. So it's yeah, exciting it, to see an, another option coming up. Yeah, as a user, as a customer, and if you're evaluating something new, or let's just say you're on Magento 2, the 2.3 prior to Elasticash, and you don't want to start adding extra servers in. Shopware seems like a great option, right? It is a true monolith, and you don't have to have a bunch of other external services running to make your site run. It's more like a, let's stand it up and go, just like Magento 1 used to be. And I think the buzz on the street as well from the development side, it's much quicker and less expensive for developers to develop in it. It's built with with a nice stack. There's, if I'm getting my tech today, we've got Symphony and some different things in there that, that I think from what we've seen that it's a nice stack to, to get to work with. But things do come down sometimes to personal preference or a variety of nuance in what's going to make the most sense. But no, I, I absolutely, I think that it's giving another option where with Magento, you really have to look at something like Whova as an additional theme to be able to work more nimbly and, and get the results that you're looking for. And we're seeing it with Shopware, a very strong core platform that does have a lot of really nice, unique features, more than we're going to capture in the next couple of minutes. But I think that for someone that is looking at at building a fresh site or rebuilding in the space right now, that it's absolutely worth looking at. And it's on my very short list of, of platforms that I think that if you're looking at Magento, I wouldn't see why you wouldn't be looking at Shopware today. And at least having knowing when you move into it, which one is going to be right for you. Yeah, I think too, from an enterprise standpoint, if you look at Vtex, which is all, which also entered the U.S. market, Vtex and Shopware are about the same age. Like Shopware is almost twenty years old. If they aren't already twenty years old, they're actually older than Magento. That. I think the difference is that Shopware is building this sort of grassroots underpinning of support in the U.S., and they're going to support users or clients that aren't just $1 billion clients. They're going after more of that broader scope of users that want the, that really need that open source uh, self-hosted service. And I would add that in Europe, they also have a SaaS service that they offer that is fully transportable to open source, which is super unique. 
I don't think it's ready for the U.S. yet, but it's there. It should be at some point we'll get it here in the U.S. I think that the mistakes, some of the mistakes that VTEX made up front was not having enough people in the U.S. to support it. And then also just having such a target market that was just these huge conglomerates that they're going after rather than a broader scope of users. I see that I'm excited about Shopware and I'm excited about the ecosystem that they're building. What was the mood like in New York when you went to that event? It was it was festive. That No, it was a really good mood for everyone there that I think for a lot of the shopware team members that were there, there was a lot of hard work that got them to that room and seeing how many people from the e-commerce world turned out to participate in that. Many of us that, that flew a distance or otherwise traveled a distance that it was really great. They now have boots on the ground in multiple states here in the U.S. and and they're even bringing some of the European team for a few months at a time to work up at the New York office to really build more of that cohesion. And every step of the way, those little details, they make you feel this is pretty well thought out and that people are really trying to look at this as a long-term play toward being able to really have a foothold in this market. And I have a lot of great friends over at VTech. I was a partner with them back in the day. I've been down to Brazil for VTech's day. That's a lot of fun for anyone that ever gets the chance. And I think that back to what I said earlier, and, and as you did as well, when it comes to building an ecosystem and really being able to draw in, I think some of it had to do with the people that they brought onto the shopware team and the way that they approached partnerships here in this market and are continuing to, and really trying to bring people together and listen and have people evaluate and give feedback and really build something together. That for us, and it's exactly what we were talking about where there's frustration or has been at least historically in the last few years since the Adobe acquisition that a lot of people heard felt like Adobe wasn't hearing the community. And it is absolutely the polar opposite of shopware. And so they are absolutely rising to the occasion there. And I think that they'll continue to see some really interesting opportunity and growth in these markets as a result. In general, U.S., Canada, U.K., et cetera, all the places that they're they're adding additional focus to. Yeah, I think that, and I'm sure you see this as a tech partner. We see it as an agent. There's only five agency partners, I think, right now in the U.S. There's maybe more already now, but in the beginning, there was only five partners, and they've really put an emphasis on helping us succeed in what we're trying to do and even coming through, this integration isn't done yet, let's get it done for the client. And I think, I'm sure from this tech partner, they're giving you that same sort of support and helping you make, we, they, everybody has a common goal of making the client successful. And I appreciate the, what they're doing in the U.S. to make us as partners successful, because if we're not successful, then of course the client's not going to be successful. <laughs> it's very hard to build up a portfolio if you can't have successful launches. So that's that they understand that in spades that i it's part of what we've been enjoying so when we find a merchant that says to us look we need a new build and it's not going to be on magento 2 when we tell them about what we're seeing with shopware the shopware team is spending time with them to understand their needs and make sure that it's a good um, they're identifying great partners like your team that they can help them as the next step And so we're all working together and there's that cohesion uh, of being able to support a merchant as a group. And I think for a lot of merchants, that's what people want, that they don't want a lot of finger pointing. They don't want everybody really off in their own (laughs) world, trying to just look at everything one dimensionally and building 
that relationship between all the parties and having good communication. It's tremendous. I think we're out of time, but I appreciate you being here. I know we were going to talk about your swag store, but we'll put it in the we'll put it in the show notes. The swag store, Robert. I'm trying something new. I tried it earlier with a different guest, where I typically give away a free joke on before every episode, and so I instead of giving away, I wanted to try to do it for you in live in person. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a joke, and then I, what I'm trying to do is figure out can I charge for the jokes instead of just giving away for free. So. Let me read the joke first, and then I would like you to just comment on it, and then we'll close out with your shameless plug. Of course, you get to plug anything you want on your shameless plug. But oh, I think I've before done that, that, I need you to tell the joke. <laughs> All right, so here we go. I asked my friend Sam to sing a song about an iPhone, and then Sam sung. Ben. So, again, should I give that one away for free, or do you think that's one that could be chargeable? I think I'm no, sending no, you a bill. No pun. No, <laughs> no pun on the... I think I'm going to reverse uh, those I'm, charges. <laughs> it, it, you think that joke is dead, right? So it needs an external battery to keep it going. We'll stop from here. Robert, I and no, is there a relationship to the RAND Corporation? No, none that I know of. But if you know of any stock that's sitting out there with the name Robert Rand on it from way back yeah. when, I'll claim it. <laughs> All right. Robert, as I close out every episode, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug about whatever you'd like to plug. What would you like to plug today? What would I like to plug today? You know, it, we're getting close to restarting the next season of the Jet Rails podcast. So if, if you like content like this, expect Brent to come on because now he's going to have to. <laughs> yeah, I'll give a, I'll be able to do a free joke on that one as well. Or a pay joke. Depends. If, I haven't found anybody that wants to pay for one yet, but I appreciate you. I pre appreciate you coming to this, onto the show today. Um, it was a great conversation. It went super fast and we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been a pleasure to be your host today. Please sign up for our newsletter platforms at talk-commerce.com. Rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce wherever you download your podcasts. New shows out every week.